comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. You're listening to the Jersey Shore Podcast. Welcome to Jersey Shore. I'm Jordan from Jersey. Join as usual by... Uh, Pierce. Hey, guys. And tonight we're going to talk Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Please the pilot, never, at least. Please, please never say that like that ever again. Please. Pierce, what did you think of Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? I like it better than your voice. <laughs> In a world. Yeah, pretty much. So, well, let's Shield. backtrack. Well, I mean, uh, yeah, I don't know how much we had to go into S.H.I.E.L.D. You know, it opened to 12 million viewers, so... Yes, if you've seen any of the Marvel movies set in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, that's the Iron Man movies, the second Hulk movie, Captain America, Thor, and the Avengers. Am yeah. I forgetting one? Hulk, Thor... Well, we can't even really count Hulk. Second one you can, yeah. Second one is definitely in continuity. Tony Stark's in it. I know, but still. Uh, so, yeah, Cap, Thor, Hulk, Iron Man... And Avengers. Yeah, that's it. Because Hawkeye and Black Order are not interesting enough to get their own movies. Not yet. If you've seen those movies, you're already familiar with Agent Phil Coulson. You're familiar with the concept of S.H.I.E.L.D. and uh, Nick Fury and Maria Hill. And if you're listening to this, you've probably read a good amount of it. Probably yeah. in comics or something. Now they have a TV show spinoff. Yes. Starring Clark Gregg as Agent Phil Coulson. Uh, a number of new characters. Maria Hill also shows up in the pilot, although yeah. she won't be a... She'll be maybe a recurring character occasionally, but you probably won't see her till season and, two. And as well as Shepard Book. I'm really curious how yes, what yes. his Shepherd level Book of shows up in, in a brief cameo. We also have, for this episode, and may show up again, we have J. August Richards, who played Gunn on Angel. Um, a character I did not like in the beginning, but I came to love quite a bit by the end of the show. Who was he in this? He was Mike Peterson. Was the bad, he was the main guy. Oh, uh, yeah, I guess. Uh, yeah, okay. I really did not... Watch a lot of Angel, nor pay attention. Oh, see, I loved it. Angel had a rough first season, and, and that's then it the got thing. I awesome. didn't, I didn't give it the credit to to follow through with the rest of it. So that's... so you didn't even see like Fred. No, I know about these things. My my poor boy. I hated Angel so much from Buffy that I'm like, and I heard so many things about Angel and how it it's it's quirkier. It's less of the you know I have girl problems living in a demon's world kind of thing. You know, <laughs> like um, sure, yes. You know, and so I wanted to give it you know. A shot, but I'm like, I hate Angel so much, I'm not going to get through this, and I didn't. Um, but I think talking about Buffy is a fair uh, assessment to mention that. Because this was a show that the, was written, the pilot was written and directed by... The greatest Joss man Whedon. that's ever lived. The show will be run by his brother, Jed Whedon, and um, his sister-in-law, Jed's wife, Maria Tancheron, who, the three of them were also behind Dr. Horrible's sing-along blog. Yes, Jed, a, Jed a is a musical genius. web project that we, we being Pierce and myself, love. Exponentially. Well, yeah, I go by Bad Horse and everything, and I <laughs> yeah, have, yeah. I even have the sheet music. I can't even play an instrument. And I have the sheet music for for Doctor Horrible. So, uh, you just hum it. Yeah, that's really all it is. I'm like, oh, that's higher than that. I'll hum. You whistle. Well, let's go. <laughs> go, go, go. We're big Weedon fans. You're a big Firefly fan. Yes. Um, I'm a Weedon knight, as we prefer. I'm a recent convert, recent being like the last year, or I guess year and a half now, to Buffy and Angel. Yep. I love Firefly as well. Have you watched Dollhouse? I don't know if you've watched I was about to say, well, let's not, let's not mention the, the, the thing that shall not be mentioned. Dollhouse started rough, but actually got pretty <sighs> good by the end. Even still, I didn't care for it. I think. Did you, you watch made, all of it? Or? Yeah, I did. Okay. I think part of it was, uh, what's her name, the actress? 
Uh, who did she play in Buffy? What was the character's name? She was Faith. Faith. Now, I'm name. blanking on the actress's oh. name as well. Something about her. Well, even when she was Faith, it bothered me. I just don't care for her. I mean, obviously nothing against her as a person, but just... It's just kind of like, eh, you're not doing it for me. And so I think it was because she was the lead that I was just kind of like... Eliza Dushku, who I think will, will probably come up again in this episode because I have some other things to say. But yeah, I agree. And despite the fact, uh, I know John and Russ, if they're listening, who knows, I don't know, but from the LOD and WDTV, love Eliza Dushku. And I agree with half of them. She's a gorgeous woman. Yes. She's also, in my opinion, in my opinion only, although I think <laughs> you agree with this, subpar actress. Yeah, yeah. For the most part... And they had hired so many awesome actors and actresses in Dollhouse who were able to switch between these personalities, as was part of the um, the basis of the show, was people might have multiple personalities and they could switch with a computer, yeah. etc., that she paled in comparison. Exactly. So, I forget how we got on this train. Well, it was it was just, we were talking, we were kind of listing all of Joss Whedon's things. Yes. That was his TV shows, we can also, you know, quickly mention his... But, so, she was the lead in that show, she was also kind of the weakest part, but the other parts were so good and interesting that I kind of could ignore her. For yeah. things like the Pat Oswald episode, or, you know, Victor, and, and, um, I forget what the other characters' names were, but the one who who was with Tamo Pennicott's character, the guy from Battlestar. I, I know what you're talking about. You, I, you're asking me for names. You're no, asking no, no, me. But the guy from Battlestar. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, Remember yeah. the one who was his um, across-the-hall neighbor who yeah. ended up being a doll? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I forget the actress's name, and I apologize, but she was incredible. And the guy, like I said, mentioned Victor already, but he was amazing. Well, and, and we should say that, like... And Amy Acker. Amy Acker was in that show. Again, you're saying names. I don't know these names. Fred from Angel. Okay. And she was also in Cabin in the Woods. She was one of the doctors in the facility. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. I know what you're talking about. She's awesome. Let's just put yeah. it that way. Well, and we should say that I think that is the driving force. Like, there's, there's a lot of studies done about Whedon's style. And his thing is that there's no unimportant characters, almost, where if you have lines, you have a character. You don't have just this flat 2D line delivery system and then you're done. You are a character. And, you know, obviously that's the whole driving force of Firefly. Just the entire cast and the way they are. Uh, Buffy, where everyone is a full character, fully developed. Have Even if they don't seem like in the beginning, like someone like Cord Cordelia. Yeah. By who, the end of... You hate less, but still some. I kind of loved her by the end of her role on Buffy, and then in Angel it became, this is awesome, until it wasn't, which that yeah. was kind of outside of their control, but she became very interesting, you know. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, that's really Joss's kind of thing. Even Dr. Harp, like, you're like, Moist is an interesting fellow. Like, you know, <laughs> I wouldn't say... He's got a, he's got something going on behind those dewy eyes. <laughs> dewy? Oh, I don't know why that bothered me so much. But, you know, even even his movies, like... Uh, Cabin in the Woods, which you guys drug me to, and I think I've mentioned on the podcast before. You did not like, want to go. I I was like, nope, I don't, like, I hate horror movies, and so I was like, I don't want to do this thing. But you were like, Joss Whedon, I'm like, oh, okay, fine. And Drew Goddard. That, yep, that was really the driving factor. You're talking about the One right? of the writers, no, 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 oh, he's oh. one of the writers of, of Buffy. And Angel. Oh, was he? Oh, yeah, and he wrote, he co-wrote and directed Cabin in the Woods. Oh, okay, didn't realize. Also worked on Lost for a while, I believe. But Drew Goddard, yeah. You know, so even that, where there were so many developed characters all throughout that, you know, and they did another movie that wasn't Avengers, I'm trying to think of what it was. Much Ado About Nothing and yeah. Serenity. Well, obviously Serenity, but yeah, Much Ado, I think, was the one. Of, yeah, so, you know, he's just so good 
at characters. And so, like, even if the story's kind of lackluster, it's the dialogue that really drives it. And I think that's why they kind of chose him for Avengers, because I was talking with... He knows how to work with an ensemble. Exactly. Well, I was also saying, you know, this to someone last night, where I think they chose him because Avengers was cookie-cutter of a story. Oh, we don't get along. Oh, you know... It had certain beats that it absolutely had to hit no matter what. Yeah. And so how do you take a movie like that where people already know those beats before they walk into the theater and make it interesting and fun anyway? Exactly, and I think that's why you choose the the man who's known for dialogue and creating good characters. How do you make an origin story not suck for the reason that almost all origin stories suck? Because we've heard it a thousand times. Yes, exactly. You know, so... And I think that's why they chose him and this is wrapping around again to, to Marvel and S.H.I.E.L.D. here, you know, I think that's why they chose him, I think that's why they trusted him enough to kind of take this show, and I even posted a status where I, you know, I was like, yeah, I just watched uh, S.H.I.E.L.D., a.k.a. what happens when someone actually trusts Joss Whedon with money. <laughs> you know, so like, you know, so I guess we can now get into the show itself. We, t- we talked a little bit about it. but you know. So this is a spin-off of Avengers. It takes yes. place after Avengers, and also, presumably after Iron Man 3, there is a direct tie-in to that movie. Yes, there is, yeah. Um, because none of the characters from the show appear in the movie, and vice versa, in Iron Man 3 specifically. Yeah. It's a little bit hard to say. It could be even contemporaneous, but I'm pretty sure it's after, at least by a sh- yeah, small ex- Yeah, after or with a slight timeline overlap, same time kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. So. Um, you've got Phil Coulson, Agent Phil Coulson, who died in Avengers. Spoilers. He's what back. did he? He's what, back. What did he do? He seems to think he was dead for a minute and brought back. Oh, uh, we should probably say, we should probably TV. say, this is going to be spoilers. For We're going to spoil yeah. the pilot, absolutely. Yeah, yes. I mean, pretty much everything we do is spoilers. You guys know that. Which, by the, we should say, runs on ABC uh, Wednesdays at 8, I believe? Tuesdays. It airs on, on ABC. ABC. You'll be able to find look it. Look it up. You'll have the internet. Hit. It had like Just 12 million viewers yeah, for the Exactly. Pilot. Um, so you have Phil Coulson as as the leader of this team. He's kind of more the Giles. He's might be there. Yeah, the field exactly. Sometimes, That's a good he's, comparison. Yeah, he's the leader. He's the not the field leader. He's the operations leader. Leader, if you will. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You um, have a pilot, uh, Melinda May. I was about to say, like, oh, they have a pilot in the pilot. Know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Who's the voice of Mulan? I don't know if you remember that movie. I, that's who she was. Okay, that makes a lot of sense because I know I've seen her picture before and that makes sense that I would have seen it like, this is the voice of Mulan. Yeah, okay, that makes sense. Now. You've got your field leader, the kind of, all these people are new to the team, so it's yeah. not like you have a new, new guy, but he's kind of your point of entry character. You're, you're, you're hothead, you're, yeah. And that's Grant Ward. You have your tech characters, your behind-the-scenes yes, folks. Yes, your, your nerds. Fitz your, and yeah. Simmons, not Fitz Simmons, although that's what they go by, but it's yeah. Fitz and Simmons. Okay, are they bro and sis? Are they a thing? Considering like, they have two different last names, I'm going to guess no. I think they're just friends. Oh, okay. I didn't know if like that was their last names or that was. No, their first one name. is Fitz and one is Simmons. Yeah, I thought that was been in their first name. No, no. no. Okay. Yeah, Simmons Smith. It's <laughs> not really. I a don't first know. Name. They're British. One's British and one's Scottish. That's another thing. Okay. All right. And I'm sure Sean Connery is going to be very mad at me for not getting that distinction right. Well, but... he, he's one and has played the other for most of his career. So. Yeah, but I know he's also really big on the. Uh, the and, and we, yeah. Yeah, we're, we're not getting to Sean Connery's acting career on this one. So, you, Fitz and Simmons, the nerds. And you also have the other point of entry character who is not part of S.H.I.E.L.D. but is being brought on by the time, Sky, yeah, Sky. who is the one who reminds me of Eliza Dushku because exactly. she's another attractive brunette who can't, can't really act. And I think, knowing Joss Whedon shows, he can take actors like that, like Angel, who at the beginning was awful, yes. and by the end was a full-fledged actor, and not even by the end, by, the, by a season or two in was a full-fledged actor. He can take weaker actors like that and build them up to a point where, 
hey, this is not half bad. Yeah, but also the thing is with Angel, it was a completely change in the character. Angel and Buffy was, oh, I'm so broody, like, you can't be with me. Like, it was almost like Edward-esque in its... Right, but David Boreanaz was also just not a good actor in the beginning as well. Okay, that's fair, but, I mean, when you get to... When you get to Angel, and what I have seen of Angel, and what I appreciate, is that he's just... He's kind of goofy at that point. Like, you know, not he's the joke character, but he's just kind of like, yeah, okay, this is the world we live in, I'm just going to have fun with it. And, like... That's for, kind of, for stretches anyway. Not the not exclusively, certainly. No, no, he definitely was still able to be serious. But like, you get over to Sky, and Sky is she's trying to ride that line of like, I can be goofy and fun, but I'm seriously part of this network thing. I, I'd say she's trying to be a badass, but she has a very thin veneer. And when you get past behind that, she's a very scared individual. Yeah, and it just comes across as annoying. And well, I mean, in my opinion, and, and I, I found more the subpar acting of her character annoying. But again, exactly. a it's a pilot, and I should say I liked in general this pilot. I really, yeah, exactly. I agree. I, I agree. loved the opening and ending actually. And for me, uh, I, when you say ending, do you mean last five minutes? Okay, so like the the speech thing at the end, or you mean like with the car, like everything from the bullet all the way through the car. Oh, really? Because I was going to say I like that whole speech thing. Too. Speech was fine, you know. But for me, what I was trying to say is. Generally, as a rule, I find pilots to be terrible. The worst episodes of shows, generally. Uh, yeah. In that, it's a, if you want to get back to the formulaic thing that we were talking about earlier, um, it's going into that formula of, okay, let's introduce all the characters. Let's introduce two good things and one oh, bad thing. Oh, the team doesn't get character. along. Let's bring the team together. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And so, f- or even if it's not a team, if it's a sh- family show, or well, we've got to set up what the dad does, what the mom does, the three kids, what do they like about each other, what do they not like about each other, what's the one who's got the secret, what's the one that's going to be trouble, what's the one that's going to be funny, yeah. you know, whatever. And, and, and once she- you get past that, shows generally get much better. So even the problems I had with the pilot, which were few and far between, I go, A, it's a pilot I liked, which is already saying something, because usually yeah. I'm like, okay, I get it, pilots are terrible. This one was actually fine. Yeah. Well, but me, also, it can just get better. Yeah, let me just <laughs> say about that, that connectedness note. I think, though, that is one of the things I loved about Firefly, was that when you watch episode one, that connection already exists. Like, you are entering this world that already exists with these characters that are already family. To an extent, yes. You already have an, intro- you have an introduction of some more characters, but they don't go through the whole, you know... You know how do you meet? How did the pilot meet his wife? Like until like much later in the season when they finally explain the backstory. And I'd say Firefly is Whedon's one legitimately good pilot. All oh, the other yeah. pilots pretty weak. Uh, Buffy was horrendous. I'd you say know. this is actually probably his second best in that it was fine. You know? Yeah, I would I would agree. Um, and so, but my point with that is saying like I wish they had done something similar to that instead of the you know let's put a team together thing. I mean I understand why you have to, but it's still kind of one of those things. Um, I would say, yeah, I definitely liked it. I liked the world that they're kind of living in, because it's very much a... It's the Avengers world. It's, well, it's also the, uh, for lack of a better term, you know, you had Ground Zero Avengers. You know, like, there have kind of been rumors about Cap, Thor, you know, this stuff going on. This is Ground Zero, the world. This is like Marvel Universe, the Marvel Comics 616 universe in 1969, where the superheroes have only just started showing up Have they assigned a a number to the movie universe? There is one, it's like 19-something, like 19,000-something, but I don't remember off the top of my head. Okay, I was just kind of curious if they had... It's like 19629, but I don't think that's actually what it is. Uh, But anyway, yeah, so so, yeah, so this is Ground Zero, and I like how it's, you know, we're now adapting to this, you know, and people are adapting, that's the whole speech at the end there, where, you know, the guy who, 
Not really, though. Well, we also got to talk about him, because there were so many rumors. J. August Richards, who plays Mike Peterson. Mike Peterson, not Luke Cage. No, not Luke, Luke Cage. Cage. But, anyway, uh, but real quick, if I can finish that thought, like his whole speech about, you know, we were taught, you know, we just have to be the best we can, but how? what good is that when there's God? And that that's... That's Whedon's standard anti-establishment thing, but yeah, brought through a cool brought through a cool lens of not just corporations are evil. Not that I'm saying he, <laughs> not that I'm that saying was the best Kermit like I have ever heard someone just whip out of nowhere. That was not really my intention. Anti-establishment Kermit. Why like, are there so many songs about rainbows? I really hoped you were going to change that to be about evil corporations. <laughs> but no, 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 not just from the standard corporations are evil. I'm not, I'm not saying. Oh, that, yeah, yeah. I'm not saying that that's Whedon's thing. Although he's dealt with that. What I'm saying is, it's putting it in the in the context of this world, which is, hey, this world has changed, not necessarily for the better. Yeah. Big stuff on the horizon. How do we deal with it? Yeah, and who are we, just as basic, you know, schmuck humans? You know, I think that's it's a great. Thing and I'm glad he touched on it. And you know, knowing him, I, I knew he would go deep with it. But let, let's go to the character that everyone was the biggest was the in the trailer. You yeah. see a hooded African American male. And let me just say, we didn't know it was African American. Like there were people that were no, like severely his, digitizing it to. You could see his hands, but oh, yeah. he jumps out of a window and leaves a crater. And so people were like, "Okay, African American male." Presumably, like, dense skin or, like, strong in some yeah. way. That's a very limited number of Marvel characters. Probably Luke Cage. It's got to be Luke yeah, Cage. Everyone was like, Luke Cage, Luke Cage, Luke And Cage. everybody who knew anything about just anything went, it's not going to be Luke Cage because they're going to want to do a movie on him. Yeah. And you don't take characters that are going to be in a movie and waste them on the TV where it's going to be a different <sighs> actor and all these different Although, things. Although, can I just say I'm a little afraid if they ever decide to make a movie about Luke Cage? Just because they like, do a Heroes for Hire movie, that could be awesome. Now, yeah, if they did like a, a team movie, sure. Well, but if it they would just be Luke Cage a, and Iron and, and Iron Th- or Power Man and Iron Fist. It wouldn't be just Luke Cage and Jessica Drew. Jessica Drew. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Jessica something. Jessica Jones. Okay. Sorry. Um, Unless they they could do an Alias movie, but he would be a supporting character, not the lead in that. But at least we yeah. had to get a racial minority, an ethnic minority, and a uh, gender minority in, in our lead characters, which would be interesting. That would be very interesting. Finally, because Marvel needs some more of those in their movies. Marvel does, but my point is I would be concerned, like, would they try to then make a movie that would appeal to that minority then? I think the way Marvel's been handling it, they don't really skew for those type of things. They try to make movies that, regardless of the subject matter or the cast involved, they try to make one that will reach as many people as possible in a good way, not in just yeah. a like lowest common denominator, but make it fun for as many people as possible. That's fair. That's very true. Uh, and I think you would definitely need more than just one, just because he's not a known character. Really. He's definitely a low B to high C tier. Yeah. And I mean, I didn't include, like, up until a couple years ago, Iron Man as, like, a, a, a mid-B character. I think that's fair. Up until he I had think, a movie. Nobody up until the Iron movie, Man yeah. Was. Comic book fans did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Outside of comic book readers, who's Iron Man? Yeah. No, I you think know. that's fair. I think that's very fair. So, going back, we everyone was like, Luke Cage. Luke Cage. And then a lot of people were like, no, not Luke Cage. Like, they're not going to make some no-name Joss Whedon actor, you know. Because uh, I think we knew who the actor was, right? I think it was a couple of days after that trailer came out that it leaked that he was in the pilot at all. Yeah. I think. Um, and I think everyone was all like, they're not going to pick some no-name guy to be a you know superhero who they could potentially use in the movie later on. Right. Um, and so everyone was trying to figure it out. And they went a completely different route than I think anyone really expected. I don't think anyone really They had a character that. who had a minor appearance like 15 years ago in one or two issues who didn't even have superpowers, I don't think, 
and they turned, they took that name and Oh, that's a real character in the, oh, okay. I thought there was, I, I mean, character in quotes in that, like, it was a, there was a dude named, a named person who showed up once in Marvel Comics in the 90s with okay. that name. Yeah. Gotcha. All right. Yeah, certainly not with Extremis, certainly not with oh, yeah. Chitauri technology. Yeah, Centipede and all that jazz. But so you got this guy who's got, like we said, I mean, you don't find out until halfway through or three-quarters of the way through the episode, but he's got Extremis, just like in Iron Man 3, and he's also been infused with some Chitauri technology, those being the aliens from Avengers, and you're dealing with a, with an entity referred to as Centipede, who I'm almost 100% sure it's I Hydra. I didn't pick it up as an entity, it was a program. Well, pro, that's what I mean, yeah. I'm using entity as a vague term, okay. but... It's almost certainly a modern incarnation of Hydra. They even use the term, well, we didn't cut off its head at one point in the episode. Um, and okay, also, I missed that part. The many was... heads of Hydra, the many legs of a centipede, you know. I think that's fair. I was I was hoping for an AIM or a Hydra. I was figuring well, more AIM, because AIM is usually more of Well, a... AIM it was extremist in Iron Man 3. Exactly, that's why I figured it would be I think we'll AIM. I think we'll get them. Or this could even be like the Intelligentsia. I want yellow suits. This could be the Intelligentsia or something. Yeah, but fair. Marvel's got a lot of these, and this would be a good place. This is one of those things where, yeah, you don't want to put Iron Man, or I'm sorry, uh, Power Man or Iron Fist, I'm confusing the two, um, in the TV show because you want to use them in a the movie. However, Hydra or AIM or the Intelligentsia or any of the other mega evil groups yeah. in Marvel, you can have them show up in both, no problem. Oh, yeah. As long as you don't have, like, you know, whatever the chick is that runs Hydra or, you know. Yeah, you don't want... Well, although some people are speculating that that red-headed doctor was Madame Hydra. I, or I, Viper. I thought that, and I'm like, she seemed she seemed like she had some authority, but not, like, B.A. enough that There's she was... There's, like, three or four major female Hydra leaders, though. She could so definitely she could be, be one of them. I could yeah. see that, but not Madame Probably Hydra. not. Uh, I would, again, I would assume that they would keep that for Cap 2 or, you know, something like that. But so you've got this guy who has given, been given superpowers as part of, like, a test pro- program. The other people, it's they've been given powers. hasn't worked out well. If you saw Iron Man 3 or this pilot, you know yeah, exactly how. They say, explode yeah. after a while. And he's starting to go a little bit crazy with power and also with confusion and the extremists and everything. Well, and all while wanting to be a good guy. Wanting to be a good guy, but maybe misinterpreting that through his... Through his, yeah, yeah, exactly. His artificial chemical imbalance. And so you've got S.H.I.E.L.D. and this hacker that they pick up trying to locate him and talk him down from the ledge. Oh, TV hacking. TV TV hacking. And also I just want to point out, uh, apparently I'm doing a lot of Tony references now. Hi, Tony and Chaney. I love their spiels on how awful fake TV hacking is. Like, oh, I'm pressing buttons, I'm hacking. But anyway, sorry, continue. Unrelated, just needed to say the Chaney reference for the week, but... uh, but so they're trying to track down the sky. They eventually do. Yeah. Things don't go as well as anyone would have probably really hoped, and they have to eventually shoot him in the head. Now, granted, with essentially... I was about to say, like... A they, trank bullet, essentially. A trank... A anti-superpower trank bullet. But it still... That was where, for me, it went from fine to, oh, I like this, because you never see the bad guy get shot in the head yeah. at the end of a TV episode too much. Yeah. Especially not when they're in the middle of talking him down and it looks like he's going to yeah, give in. exactly. And and then everything, I mean, of course, Lola, from the time the trailer's been showing up, I went, oh, that's going to be the flying car. That's yeah. going to be the flying car. We're watching it with my, I'm watching it with my sister Rebecca, and as soon as that last scene starts to go, so in about 30 seconds to a minute, that car's going to lift off and fly yeah. away. And she's like, what? I was like, trust me. Yeah. And then it did. Now, it's not the same exact car from Cap, the flying car that you see at the World's Every, Fair. Yeah, Cap. the internet was like, oh, it's the thing. But like, it's eh. very similar. Yeah. It looks like the two or three generations later. Okay, yeah. It's very similar to that flying, the Stark flying car. Exactly, yeah. In that, in that movie. So, 
Um, what did you, in general, think of this? Are you excited for more? Were the things you loved or things you hated? Characters you loved or hated? The two, I think the two main characters being Sky and Agent... Grant Ward. Okay, yeah. And Agent Stick Up His Butt. Like, <laughs> you know, like... Who oddly were in probably my favorite scene of the episode. Which... The truth serum. Really? Scene. Like that was my least favorite. Because scene. it was again it was like Grammy. I'm like, oh, really? Like they they went to that. But it was the concept where they took a well worn television movie spy trope of the truth serum and they flipped it on its head. Well, see, I expected the flip. It just went in a slightly different direction. I was expecting like, oh yeah, it was just like colored dye. Like you know, I was expecting a flip. I just didn't expect it on him. Um, you know, so they are they are by far my least favorite characters. Um, I love the pilot. Um, I think she obviously has a lot of backs. I love the pilot. I think she has the, a lot the of The pilot being so. Melinda May, not yes. being not just the, the pilot, the pilot in general. Pilot. Yes. Uh, Melinda May. Like, she obviously has backstory, obviously has a, you know, I don't want to say shady past, but just unwillingness to be on the field. Kind of Something thing. happened yeah. in the past. But, you know, her and Colson know each other, so I think that's going to be a... And she just seems like a, a stereotypical Whedon character. Like, she seems a lot like... Um, um, Zoe? Zoe. Like, she seems very much like Zoe, the in-command, you know, uh, and... Badass woman with a shady past. Or a mysterious past. Exactly, yeah. yes. A, a character type Whedon likes to yes, use a lot. Exactly. Usually to really good effect. Exactly. And, and you know, I, I definitely like Fitz and Simmons, uh, I think. With the Seven Dwarves? Yes. That was, that was a nice I, little parent company reference I liked. I thought that was, I thought that was cute. I, I did like that. And so, like, those are the characters I really like. I mean, obviously I like Coulson. I hope books in it more. We'll see. We'll see. I, I could see it maybe showing up three or four times during the season or something. Exactly. Also, one thing I really liked, and Firefly fanboys are, this is one of the, the most fa- popular things, is the ship, Serenity, was a full ship. It was constructed. It was continuous. In it the was, movie, yes. In the TV show, it was much more sets. Uh, but it was still, a lot of it was very connected. A lot of it, yeah, but not to the same extent as the movie, uh, where it was two giant sets. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I kind of am picking up a little bit of that from S.H.I.E.L.D. as well. With the Flying Fortress. With, that yeah, got. exactly. And I like that. I like that. And they've got the away ship with Lola. Yeah. Which I wouldn't expect you to see flying too often in the show, just no, budgetarily. just budget-wise. I think but, that is the only time you're going to see it. But the thing is, even with that, throughout the rest of the episode, if you knew to expect that, that car was flying several times in the episode. Because yeah. it was in the, the cargo carrier of the plane, and they kept opening up in mid-flight. Yes. And then showing up other places. So, or Colson would. So it was yeah. like, they can do it that way. Where you just need a couple establishing shots, a la Battlestar, where you have the same takeoff mm-hmm. and landing shots five times during every episode. You just need to have two or three takeoff and two or three landing exactly. shots, and you can place them in fairly easily and cheaply. Exactly. But yeah, I really like that they're kind of doing the same idea of Firefly, of having a one continuous set, and I like that aspect of it. Because it kind of also, like, the thing with Fireflies, you know, you also picked up Serenity was home. And I think you could also do that. You know, it's less interesting with just a giant plane. But I think you can also still kind of do that where, you know, it becomes comfortable, it becomes, you know, home kind of idea to it. Um, so that was another aspect of, that I liked that they brought back. Did you pick up Colson was going to be a regular character? Oh, yes. Okay, so he is He's perm- a regular. Okay. Yes. I don't think he'll be the lead. Yeah. I think he'll be in maybe ten minutes of every episode. He'll that be was, yeah. That was more... My and granted, uh, he'll be more Zordon. Well, I was gonna say my memory of Charlie's Angels is so spotty because I've seen like a handful of episodes t- fifteen years ago. But I feel like he'll be the Charlie slash who was the main guy who would send the angels out. Oh yeah, not kinda Charlie, like but his kind of his face. Yeah, 
I, but but Zordon and whatever the robot's name was, Alpha, yeah, and Alpha, kind of a similar thing where he's the guy they check in with. He's the chief of your police show. Yeah, basically. okay. He's because Maria Hill's not going to be in it yeah, until no. at least season two because she's got her um, How I Met Your Mother um, wrap up contract restraints. Yeah. Though is what I mean. But I, I have a feeling he'll be more the beginning and end, and a couple times in the middle of every episode. Yeah. So the what did you learn from this, guys? You know, kind of thing. Yeah. Right. Yeah, hopefully not to that extent. This is Wheaton. I don't think he'll do that. Yeah. But the Giles. Like, I mean, I, exactly, that was the yeah, thing exactly. I meant before. And hopefully, I mean, in a really good way. I love Giles. Yeah. You know, great character. Um, who was the other guy? got whiny. Who was the angel of Giles? He was in Buffy as well, but he was a Giles replacement at one point. Yeah. The, the demon the hunter. Guy, oh, the de- wait. The he demon? became a demon hunter and angel. Oh, okay, because he was like a super mega coward. In, he was uh, awesome. Oh, they, they, well, no, well, wasn't he the one that was all like, I know what's going on, and the moment they were in the field, yes, he yeah, like yeah. No, no. his pants. They then... turned him awesome in Angel. Oh, did they? Okay. So, I mean, I think they can do really good things with him, even as the Giles character, and that's really good. Plus, it gives him more leeway to be able to film scenes for Avengers 2 or whatever. Yeah. If he's even in that. He might not be in Avengers 2, I don't know, because the team, keep in mind, the Avengers don't know he's alive. Uh, well, if he's, yeah. If he's alive. If yeah, he was ever living model alive. decoy. He could be a life model decoy. He could be proto-vision. He could be infinity. I really hope he's not the vision. I really hope they're not. Oh, that wouldn't bother me at all. Really? No. He might not be the vision yet, but I'm saying he could eventually be the vision. I don't I don't care for that, just because it's so different from who he is as a character to be the vision. See, I don't have a strong grasp of the vision, but the whole thing with the vision is he's an ro- android imprinted with a human's brainwaves. So he yeah. could be anybody. But he, uh, at least what I've read of him, is very stoic. But they can do a different version of that. That's very true. They could, re- you know, and also Phil did stoic in this episode. And that speech. Did, he also did very not stoic. He also did a Matrix style backbend at one point. He did, and I'm all like, "You are a robot." <laughs> but it could also be the Infinity Serum or the Infinity Elixir. I forget what the name of that. Did you see the Agent Carter mini movie on Iron Man three? It, was, it just came out on the DVD and Blu-ray, which just came no, out. No. It's a whole short set in the late 40s, early 50s, starring her. And it's awesome. Interesting. The, the rumors are actually now that they're going to make a TV show spinoff about her. And if it's anything like that mini-movie, I would totally watch it. Because she was like a female James Bond. It was really cool. Had some interesting cameos as well, okay. and also had something to do with another way that Coulson could still be alive. The fact that they just made him alive again. That like, could make him alive and could also confirm the theory that the young boy named Phil in Captain America, I think it's the end of that movie, is Phil Coulson. Oh, interesting. There's a little boy in Captain America who's running around with like a trash can on his arm, like a shield yeah, that's yeah. painted, and at one point you hear a woman yell out, Phil, it's time for dinner! And people have been speculating, that yes. is young Phil Coulson who has had his life artificially extended through something in the Marvel Universe. So that's why he's such a Cap fan. Oh, okay, because he has all the trading cards. Vintage. Vintage trading cards. That would with be... With light boxing. How do you get boxing on a card? Kids playing around with it. That would be... Yeah. That okay. kind of cool, right? That would be a really deep setup, and I like it. I like that. So it could be. We'll yeah. see. Yeah. Or, I would also appreciate it if they never said it. And They're going to. They're absolutely going to. No, we because... To. But just hint enough at it. Like, oh, do we never give a specific... Never us, like, never is... come out and say, like, this is the... But just give so many hints about it that it kind of becomes clear. What it, The term's like MacGuffin, right? Where it's just kind of like... Um, uh, a MacGuffin is a plot element that drives the plot along, but in the in long term has no significance on its own. Exactly. That said, a guy coming back to life has some significance no, plot. Obviously, obviously, yes. But I could see them going into Avengers 2 and him showing up in the post... Uh, you know, the post-credits tag or at some point late in the movie and then being like 
you were dead. He's like, yeah, you're a god and you're in a flying metal suit. Is it really that unreasonable? Yeah. And they're just never answering. I mean, again, I think they need to give something. They don't have to spell it out for us. You know, we're smart but people. But that's what I'm saying about just give hints all throughout it. Right. Yeah. Where I think, you know, they've started to give enough already if he has all the cap trading cards, you know, Phil, it's time for dinner, all that stuff, yeah. If that turns out to be true and not yeah. just a coincidence, you know. Yeah, but it's weed, and I know he likes to point things. But he didn't write cap. That's true. That's very true. <laughs> That's true. That's very true. Um, but so in general, would you watch this week to week, do you think? Or build up three or four episodes at a time. That's watching? that's usually what I end up doing with shows. So that's probably what I'll do. Is build up. And I mean, I'll, I don't know that I'll watch it every week as it airs. Although I did live tweet the first episode, so maybe I will continue. Yeah, it was fun. Watched it with my sister. Even my mom and younger sisters watched it, which was surprising. We, we were different rooms, but I'm a little surprised by that one. Yeah, actually. But yeah, I, I enjoyed it. Again, it wasn't great, but it's a pilot, and the simple fact that it was okay and a pilot is really good for me, because I don't like pilots, generally. Like, the Breaking Bad pilot, the Mad Men pilot, the Lost pilot, okay, they're they're pretty they're pretty awesome. Other than that, most pilots suck. See, I can't even really think of pilots to think of. Like, I think Community started out pretty decently. I mean, I like the pilot. It's weak. It is really oh, in comparison. weak compared to the rest of the I, show. Some shows like the 30 first, Rock had even a the, really crap the first, one. Yeah, the, oh, the beginning of 30 Rock, the first six-episode season of The Office, the first six-episode oh, season yeah. of Parks and Rec, awful. Those shows became great, and then The Office trailed yeah. off eventually, but... Yeah. And then kind of back, and then kind of back. Yeah, but, I mean, even Parks and Rec is still going strong, but that first pilot season was pretty weak. Yeah. And then they figured it out, and it became amazing. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I was I was happy with it. I will continue to watch it, at Same. least for now. Same. And uh, I think that's all we have to say about S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah, pretty much. So this has been Jersey Shore. I'm Jordan from Jersey. I'm Pierce from Jersey. Have a good week, everybody. Thanks for listening to Jersey Shore. You can contact us at jordan at legionofdudes.com. That's J-O-R-D-A-N at legionofdudes.com. Or follow me on Twitter at Jordan F-R-M Jersey. Mm-hmm.